Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of At Home in His Love. All about how do we spend time with Jesus? What does it look like to make our home in Him? And how do we learn more about His love by just being in relationship with Him? Hey guys, welcome to another episode with us. I'm here with Liv. Yeah, Liv, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Liv. I'm a student at the University of Edinburgh and I love the Lord. I love that. Yeah, that's such a good like third attribute to you. I don't know if I would say that. That's actually a bit convicting, I think. <laughs> yeah, Liv is a friend of my like I met her through a friend. She's just really blessed my life through that and just with her words and stuff. So I'm really glad that she's here and that you guys get to be blessed through her. <laughs> yeah, all about that affirmation. So what I thought we'd start with is probably just jumping straight in. You hear from the Lord really well and often that's quite accurate and you yeah have just practiced doing that. Would you mind like telling people how you've done that, how that started, was there a journey to it? How do you basically just learn like God's voice for you and for others? Yeah, so there's so much to that. It's a really big, um, a really big question. And I think the first thing that I want to say is that I'm not like the authority on this. I am not a capital P prophet as far as I know. I'm just somebody who is learning to hear the voice of God. And I spent a long time learning. I grew up in a church where it was really, really encouraged. And this was something that people did all the time. Um, If somebody was upset, people's first instinct was to go, "Okay, I'm going to listen to the Lord for you. And they would give someone a word. And Yeah, it was really cool. So I grew up in this environment where it was just a really, really common thing. And I understand that's not the case for every single Christian. Um, and people have different lexicons and different ways of talking about this and that's fine and I don't want to say that if you don't use the word prophecy when you're encouraging somebody or something like that that you're wrong because there are so many different ways of talking about this but in terms of how you actually do it I think there are a few parts to it I think one is spending time with the Lord and really getting to know him and who he is and the second part is understanding what it sounds like when he speaks and when it comes to getting to know God I think that the biggest thing that you can do is just to make time in your life to Mm. spend time with him and even if it feels like you don't have much time trying trying to carve out maybe 10-15 minutes every morning if that's all you can do even if you don't feel like it just to spend time with him but over time as you get to know his presence it will start becoming joy because he will start revealing things about himself to you that you never knew and you'll start to see his character and his authority and his glory which really really is the most beautiful thing and as you grow in that you will want to spend time in his presence you won't want to be anywhere else and that hunger in you will stick with you wherever you go which means that you'll be looking to him wherever you go and that really is where prophecy starts it's seeing him in everything with everything uh, all around you and looking at things through his eyes and then when it comes to discerning what he's saying I think basically it's about finding a happy medium between two really important aspects of love that we get really confused and I think that there are Christians out there that give what I call like butterfly and rainbow words which are not like bad in and of themselves I've never heard this have you said this like (laughs) this is your phrase I love that yeah yeah. Yeah, because like you get people that 
they're, they're trying to be encouraging and the heart behind it is really good and there's nothing wrong with that but they basically are telling people what they want to hear and it's like if for example you're prophesying over a bank clerk you might say to them and god says that you're the best bank clerk in the whole wide world and it's really <laughs> you're going to be promoted to this and you're going to be married to your dream spouse those things are really good but they need to we need to know that they come from God if we're talking and we're not just digging up somebody because we're trying to please them we should be pleasing God not man and that brings me on to the second thing which is the fear of the Lord that is not about condemnation and it's not about shame if you're feeling shame and anxiety when you're listening to God, you're not hearing from God. God will always convict us. And I believe that a huge clue in hearing the voice of God is purity. And we should come to him in purity. But that's never out of a place of worrying that we're not saved or thinking that there's something wrong with us and that we're dirty. God wants us to be pure simply because he wants us to walk in the light with him. If we're making a habit of sinning, it just makes it a lot harder. Mm, wow there's so many things (laughs) no 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 it's so good there's so many things that I want to pull out I actually started taking notes so that I didn't miss anything (laughs) I'll probably work backwards from the idea of like having like coming from a place of purity how do you think you get to that place because I think often the thing that can stain the word is like performance and wanting it to be about something or like what's it gonna like what are people gonna say about you when you give this and I definitely like mm. fall into that as well so how would you check that you are coming from a pure place yeah I totally agree with you I think it can be really hard because people are wired naturally to want to please other people and we're naturally quite proud and we always do think about how we're going to come across when we're doing something but the only way to get to purity is to realize how beautiful Jesus is because you're not going to want to be pure because you'll be punished if you're not kind of thing. If, if you just think that purity is about escaping punishment, you've missed the point. I think that purity, of course, is about escaping punishment, but it's so much more than that. It's unto the glory of God. And once you realise how wonderful he is, you wouldn't want anything else. And all of those counterfeits get in the way. And like, why would you want anything other than the real thing? And so... Mm. When it comes to practicing that, I think it's just, it will take time. God's not going to deal with everything all at once because he's kind, but he will pull up things in your life that are not of him and he'll do it so gently. So it might start as just, let's say you have a habit of lying. Maybe after you lie one time, you'll just feel feel slightly uncomfortable and it will feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. And you'll recognize that it's not of God. But the thing is that God will also give you the strength to stop doing it. He won't just tell you what you're doing wrong. He'll also help you to get out of it. Again, if you're hearing a voice that's just telling you all the bad things about you and not giving you any strategy to stop doing those things, that's not God. That's condemnation. God will always give you a way out Mm -hmm. because there's always hope in his voice. It's never, ever about trying to make you feel bad. I do remember one time I was at a worship conference And I saw a lady in, it was quite a small room. There were not many people there. And I saw a lady in front of me who I sensed may have been struggling with some depression or something like that. And I asked God what to do. And I sensed him say, I want you to go and pray for her. And so I just put my hand gently on her shoulder and I didn't say anything. I was just praying in my head for her. But then I looked at the worship leader 
And the worship leader looked at me and nodded and started singing about joy. And I was like, wow. oh man, that's crazy. And I was so thankful that God did that because I would have been super nervous to have been just praying for that woman about joy. And maybe it was God's grace. He didn't want me to be direct with her. He just needed, he, he may have been giving her a sign through the worship leader and me being there at the same time that was more subtle in a way that mm. may not have shown up to her that I knew what was going on, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was going to be my next question about like the subtlety of how you would say a word. So I was listening to a talk from Christy Wimber, who said that when she'd like pray for healing, let's say God revealed that it was like something to do with like a family member or maybe it's something to do with their leg. Sometimes she would check, but other times she would just kind of bring it into the conversation and bring it into the prayer. So it wouldn't be like, oh, the Lord's just told me this. Is this right? Mm -hmm. She'd be like, oh, yeah. And your brother, let's pray about that. Da, da, da. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on how to phrase things? And would there be moments where you would be like, God is saying this and other times where you'd hold back? Yeah, that's so good. That is a really, really important thing. And I think a lot of the charismatic movement is kind of just learning this. We're sort of like babies because we've had these outpourings where God's telling lay people all these exciting things. And we're just kind of learning to get it across in language that makes sense to people and doesn't scare them away. And I think, again, it depends on your context and it depends on your relationship with the person and also on how certain you are of the word, I think. So I think if God has been revealing a like a big picture thing to you about maybe what he's doing in the church at large, and you've heard that confirmed from lots of different people, then I think it probably is okay to say, and this is what God's saying, because you've got loads to back it up. And it's not just about you. So it probably is not just wishful thinking. And Yes, I think if you've got a lot of evidence that God really is saying something, then that's probably okay. I think if you're praying for another friend that's a Christian as well, or is open to the idea of prophecy, it's also probably okay to say, I sense God saying this for you, because they'll understand what you mean, and it won't scare them. And I totally think it's good and okay to prophesy over people that maybe aren't Christians or don't understand prophecy or don't have the language for that but I would be slightly more subtle in the way that I would do that so unless God told me to tell them God is saying this to you because he might want he might want them to know more directly but quite often if I've been wanting to prophesy over a person that's not a believer then I would just start in, I would either start to pray for them more generally or I would encourage them and start with an encouragement that I know about them so for example if I had a friend who was really funny I might start praying and just say oh god I thank you so much for Sarah she's so funny and I thank you for her <laughs> sense of humor and then god might start downloading more things to me and I can start praying those things too that maybe Sarah whoever Sarah is doesn't know that I know but it's not as scary and she's still being encouraged and edified in god and god's still working and there's still authority on it but it doesn't unnecessarily upset her, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And then another thing, just out of your brilliance, I have so many questions. Yeah. Uh, we were chatting about this like uh, a couple of weeks ago about when you know that there's like an authority or a waiting on a word to keep going. And mm. you, yeah, you just mentioned about how like if God had said like, it's okay for you to say that. 
this dialogue with God, how is it working? Because I think sometimes people can be like, oh, I need to pray. So their like, mind is on praying and on like looking at the person. So then it's hard for them to balance both what they're hearing spiritually and what they're praying and their like environment. Mm. So yeah, how would you know when like the spirit's in that word and when to go deeper with it? Yeah, that's really good. And I think that really does depend on you because God sees us as a whole, as his bride, but he also sees us as individuals and he created us individually and that's beautiful. And I think that's always going to be different depending on who you are. And God will speak in a language that you understand. He will speak to you. So for example, I am quite an emotional person. I'm a feeler. And sometimes I wish I wasn't because emotions are pesky. But, (laughs) (laughs) But I am. And that means that God will talk to me through my emotions. And of course, there are times when I'll be spending time with him and I won't feel anything. And that's fine because if we expect to feel him every single time we come to him then we'll worry that he's not with us if we don't feel anything and that's Mm, not good so true yeah but I think when it comes to how do you know what God's saying I think if you can sense God's presence you can hear his voice specifically because we all get thousands of thoughts that come into our head about different things you're taking in firstly what you're sensing that's what I can sense physically and then I can think about my emotions and what I'm experiencing right now but then we have these more abstract thoughts that aren't to do with anything that's immediate and so for example let's say I was having a conversation about something that I don't find particularly interesting say um, this podcast right now no this podcast I think now maths and I got a bit distracted I might start thinking about what I was going to make for dinner that night and so we have these more abstract thoughts that are not to do with anything in the moment and those thoughts I think God can come through your immediate senses but for me those more abstract thoughts are where I start praying so it's the thoughts that are not necessarily to do with anything in the moment it's just like okay I need to pray for this person and there are so many different things relating to this person that are not obvious to me right now from what I see in front of me and I'll just let those thoughts fly around in my head but because I know the presence of God and I know what it feels like for him to speak because I know what it feels like for him just to be there when one of those thoughts comes from him I will recognize it because I will sense God on it I will sense the authority and the power of God on it there's a weight there's a sense that I shouldn't ignore it and there's a sense also of his love and his joy and his peace this mighty joy and the peace that surpasses all understanding it's completely different from the way my other thoughts sound and that's not to say that it's big and loud because I think quite often his voice is quite quiet because he wants us to draw close and pay attention he wants relationship with us but there will be a different feeling on the thoughts that come from him to the thoughts that come from you or the thoughts that come from the enemy yeah that's really helpful thank you and so have you had moments where you've seen like God move miraculously or you've stepped out in faith and he's answered it or any kind of yeah cool moments you want to share? Yeah, there are a fair few. I think the most exciting one is probably for most of my second year of uni. My friends and I had this just like crazy, crazy journey with God where in the summer before second year, a few of us went to David's tent in the UK which is a worship conference and if you've never been or if you've never heard of it look it up 
get yourself there. I really want to go, but it was a pandemic last summer, so I couldn't. Oh man, you should definitely, definitely go. It honestly changed my relationship with God. Wow. Much like I cannot. That's really big praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I cannot express the extent to which it like affected me or God affected me through it. But I think for a lot of us, one of the big things that we felt that weekend was God wanting to emphasize consecration and purity and the fear of the Lord, like we were talking about before. And I like thought, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. We'll hold on to that. And then a few weeks later, I saw a very prophetic friend of mine on Facebook posted this whole prophetic word about consecration and how this was the year, like in the Hebraic calendar, the year of consecration. And I thought that's really interesting. And so my friends and I, we got all excited about that. And then another prophet that I don't know, but I follow on the internet, um, (laughs) started posting about consecration as well. And Psalm, I want to say Psalm 52, it could be Psalm 53 or 51, it's somewhere around there, which is all about the fear of the Lord. And so we were like, okay, there's something on this. And the more we talked about it, the just more verses were popping out to us, the more we saw on the internet about this. And we in the end we started a revival group and we had this big sense that something big was happening and then covid hit which is really annoying but i am not discouraged in that because i think you know god was doing something big and that he never starts something that he's not going to finish so i really believe that there is something really big coming for the church in the next few years I, I do think we're on track for revival and I'm really 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 excited about that yeah that's so awesome and yeah I've definitely heard that from a range of different voices um mm-hmm. I remember a friend saying to me though that like if you want to see like if you feel like revival is going to come like you're not going to be wrong because at some point like it will <laughs> but I yeah, do yeah. think there is like an expectancy that keeps rising and even with like COVID, I think a lot of people have thought the church is being like shaken and even more purified, which feels like it like links in. I yeah. guess we'll just have to see and pray and be expectant for like what the Lord is doing. Yeah. I had a question around timing. I feel like this is 21 questions now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just really interesting. And um, you're saying about like, so obviously you thought revival was coming like to Edinburgh and then COVID hit. And I know you wanted to go a year abroad mm. and then the pandemic has changed plans so how do you trust in like God's timing and his future for you and what he's saying when circumstances feel like they're so different to his words or his plans mm, so yeah I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy it is always hard and I think that's part of being human so so I heard Nikki Gumbel say one time that faith and doubt are two sides of the same coin and there's no way that you're going to be a Christian and never, ever, ever, ever have any thoughts of doubt come into your head and any thoughts of worry. And they're not good and we want to eliminate them. But I think it's also normal. Um, and I think I do, I definitely do trust in God and for his plans for me just because I don't see how else I would have got to the place where I am. And I've I think as well, having other prophetic voices in your life that will call things out in you and see things in you. So I have a prophetic word written down from somebody who didn't know me that said I was called to nations. And she said she kept talking about these things in the land where you're going. 
and so and I know that her words are very accurate because I've heard her speak for other people as well and I've seen things come to pass and so I know that she hears from God it is really hard to trust and to see but I also think that opportunities have come my way this year that maybe wouldn't have done had I been away. I think it just is also about knowing how good he is. Again, getting back to the word, getting back to the quiet place and spending time with him and seeing how good he is. Because when you recognize how good he is, nothing else will compare. And even when your own plans fall flat, you will trust him and love him. And ultimately, there is a contentment and a joy that comes from knowing him even if everything else seems to be falling to pieces mm. so one well, that's really cool yeah and I love that trust that's definitely sounds if that trust come out of a harder place but now it's built stronger just talking about like being satisfied have you experienced a different kind of satisfaction from Jesus over the last year wow I think over the past two years I think for me again since David's tent something happened there and it I I don't know God just got himself deeper and deeper into me but um that's interesting I know a lot of people have been saying they've been feeling God closer during COVID which is really interesting I don't know I don't know I think the, the last two years for me yeah have you oh you're asking a question back (laughs) I try and avoid that Um, oh sorry no 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 yeah in terms of like funny stories where God's done something and you never know about it like I remember I can't remember how long ago this was but like me and two friends before one of our like CU events week in like the December we just sat down to pray and ended up like praying for an hour and like all I could see was like fire in my mind's eye wow. and I was just like whoa like you I just can't you can't even describe like I can't even describe what God was doing or what I was seeing I don't know that was just it so definitely the spirit was there and then I realized like six months later that he basically spoken to me about his holiness like through picture form wow. and then suddenly like from then on it was like okay cool like I need to be purified I want to be separate I want to be consecrated like the church needs to be that wow so I think I wonder if maybe my satisfaction has come from that understanding that like we're called to be holy because people can see God through that but also just because like we are holy people without and I think I've always been someone who like wants the long-term game of like you know what's this going to lead to or God what are your plans but I think with holiness like there maybe this is unbiblical but as in there aren't that like, you just do it because that is who God is and we want to yeah. reflect him rather than for like a future outcome. I think that's probably where my enjoyment and like satisfaction of Jesus has come from is understanding that character trait of him yeah and also like I don't know just with Moses when he's like you know God who am I like who am I to go there and then instead of God even answering about like his identity God is just like I am who I am and I'll be with you and I feel like I'm starting to learn that actually God less wants like it's through fixing our gaze on him and understanding who he is we then understand who we are because we align to it rather than him just like downloading this is Anna Wooding because otherwise I think my faith would be quite selfish because it would just be about me and my plans and my performance and what I can do for Jesus rather than what I can only do through Jesus mm, come on yeah that's really good oh I feel nervous sharing that <laughs> I don't normally respond <laughs> oh that was really good 
um yeah and then so you said that like you had a mentor that spoke in and different prophetic words and like you've been part of the dream team the revival squad and like David's turn or like say that worship leader when you were praying for someone she was like yeah keep going with joy and then you also mentioned that like you're quite lucky that you've been in spaces where that prophetic has been encouraged Mm. what I guess you've mentioned some moments but like what would that actual encouraging a culture of the prophetic look like and say if people don't feel like they've had it but they do want to prophesy like how would you encourage them to act to keep bringing that culture in yeah I think if you're somebody who hasn't really grown up in a space where this has been encouraged but you're interested in finding out more I think you can (laughs) this sounds really basic but you could just like google go on google and ask google what like where hey Alexa yeah how do I prophesy (laughs) hey Alexa what are some good resources or books there are so many good books out there about how to do it and how to listen to God and like people like Mike Filavacci and um really cool people like that have written lots of different books about how to hear the voice of God but I do think as well getting yourself into a community where it's encouraged is really important um I think it's really hard to grow in anything in faith if you don't have a community around you that's encouraging it and so I would say if you want to grow in this please try and find some friends that will encourage you to grow in it or if you really don't think you can find those friends pray about it because Mm. God wants your growth more than you want it and so if you have this desire in you to listen to him more that comes from him and he will fulfill that desire so if yeah if if you don't know anybody that's engaging with this but you want to pray speak the lord about it and try and find other people that are going in the same direction as you i love that quote god wants your growth more than you want it because i think sometimes we can think that it's god who's stopping it or like god didn't provide or god didn't tell me what to do so now i'm stuck but actually like god's the champion and it's working out how to do it with him so that's such a good encouragement yeah absolutely it's really cool so I love asking questions about worship I really can't sing so I don't understand fully like what it actually means to be a worship leader but I know it's like super powerful so and I also only found out you're a worship leader like I don't know like six months later after knowing you because I guess like with COVID you just you don't see people in church settings and because we don't live near each other and I've only really met online I think yeah we're online friends (laughs) I know it's so weird to think I've never met you in person one day one day I feel like online friends as well I'm picturing like you're on Tumblr or you do that on like oh was it like Omega or something Omega I don't know how to pronounce it right you know and I think in my head I think it's quite a nerdy thing rather than it's just like we've all had to experience that over the last year oh my gosh yeah we're all internet friends I love it internet friends so anyway my question was but how yeah how does like prophecy and worship go together how do you steward both yeah how do you balance the both in your life for me I honestly think there's not much of a difference between the two because the definition of prophecy that was given to me as a child which maybe it would have been good to start with this I don't know but the definition (laughs) of prophecy that was given to me when I was young was revealing the heart of God to man and I think that anything that means you're looking at the world through God's eyes or changing it so that it looks like him is prophetic so if you're a teacher for example and you're raising children up 
to be you, and you see them how God sees them and you see their future how God sees it and you speak that into them you are being a teacher prophetically you are declaring prophetic truths over those children and I think worship is the same so worship especially prophetic worship which that that's like a weird way to label it because to me that sounds like a bit of a tautology it's exactly the same thing but Mm. um worship really is when we turn our affections to Jesus and we look at him and we ask him to show him more of us and we tell him that we love him and that to me is really no different to prophecy um I think that sometimes prophecy can be about foretelling and maybe worship isn't so much about foretelling as what's happening now or um generally about who he is but ultimately if we want to get philosophical past present and let's future, get philosophical yeah i think like past present and future are all held in god's hands and so whether we're foretelling or thanking god for what he's done in the past or declaring who he is now it's all prophetic time <laughs> time doesn't really make sense to a god who's outside of time or in a god who's outside of time and so a like difference between prophecy and worship I don't think really exists because I think that the dichotomy that we bring up between them often is about it's a temporal dichotomy and I don't think that that's a thing Mm, yeah and I wonder if it's our like the attempt to understand things fully means we try and limit them put them in a box of like this is prophecy and this is worship and want that distinction are there other things that you've seen this is a big question but like other divisions that either you just can't like it just doesn't divide in your own life or like in the church you're like why are we trying to separate the two anything that you desire for greater unity in definitely I think coming back to that thing about so love and discipline I don't think that they're different or separate at all I think that love is not just so love is telling someone how great they are building people up and encouraging them and it's also helping them to correct where they're wrong because if you really love somebody why would you leave them in their junk and so often we have this picture of god either as somebody who just wants to comfort us and make us feel okay about where we are or as somebody who is quite abusive towards us and is angry at us and god's not either of those things because he brings encouragement and discipline together he will never leave us where we are and he will always edify us because those things can't be extracted um and I think once the church recognizes that that's gonna help a lot of people mm, wow glad I asked that's so beautiful <laughs> as well about his fullness of his heart for his people mm. yeah before I ask you about what you want to see happen in the world any more kind of practical tips like book recommendations or more advice you'd give people that's a good question I think if you haven't checked them out look at the Wanderlust films by Darren Wilson. So there's a film director. I don't know whether you've heard of Ben Manor. No, um, I haven't. Oh, I'm learning oh. myself. Oh my gosh, you should watch them. Okay, film recommendations for Anna and everybody else who's listening. Mm-hmm. It's all of the films in the Wanderlust series by Darren Wilson. He is a guy who used to, he, he's always been a Christian, I think, but he used to be quite skeptical, prophecy and signs and wonders and all of that. And he set out with a film camera like, I'm just going to go around the world and talk to these people that think they can see these things and see for myself if it's true. And he's basically 
documented, I think about four or five films now, just going around the world and seeing loads of miracles happen and prophets speaking into people's lives. It's just crazy. And so if you either just love all of that and are super excited about it, or you don't really know what it's all about and you want to see somebody doing it in action, check those films out. They're amazing and they've been a real encouragement to me. What are you, Liv, want to see happen, heaven on earth, kingdom come, in your own life, in the world? What is, like, yeah, your biggest desire? Whoa, that is a big question. Yeah, I love it. Honestly, I want to see more people engaging with God in the way that I have seen people engaging with God who are like leaders so there are loads of people that have really really intense beautiful amazing relationships with God and are quite often promoted to leadership status but I think that it's not just for the leaders and I'm you know I'm starting to realize now there are so many people that are not leaders that have these really intimate amazing relationships with God as well Mm. and it's for all of us and I want the church to recognise that because I think that ultimately is what being a Christian is about. If there's no power in it and that if it doesn't transform us, then what's the point? Um, so, yeah, I would love to see more people waking up to that. Awesome. Yeah, I actually was just reading that earlier. Yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 2 when he's talking about how his testimony isn't with like lofty speech or wisdom. But he said, Paul says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, imagine if every Christian knew the empowerment of Jesus in their lives and, like, yeah. the freedom of them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That would be really awesome. And I think, yeah, I think that's definitely happening. At least that's also my desire and like with this podcast as well. It's just that all of us have like that part to play. God's like given all of us like a unique future and like knows who we are and desires for us to be part of the body. And it's just so sad that like when people aren't able or don't feel like they should be showing up in who they are, then like the body lacks. Like we have a lack when yeah, everyone isn't stepping into what they're destined to do. So yeah want to see more people realize that they like are a blessing to others when they get to thrive yeah 100 percent. that's really cool yeah we're gonna see it live in our life yeah come on yes yeah anything else you want to say to the listeners yeah me i think there's so much flowing out of you i'm sure there's more more in that well oh man blessing you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so nice to chat to you Liv thanks Thank for you. speaking your wisdom oh it's an honour honour to be here thank you Lord I thank you so much for everybody that's listening to this today um, and I just pray that you'd fill them right now with your presence with your spirit that they would understand what that feels like and what that means to them that experience of you um, and I just pray that that understanding of you and who you are and what you're like would guide their decisions and their hearts and their thoughts and their feelings that they would be able to respond to every circumstance in life from a place of knowing you and knowing who you are Um, and I just pray your blessing over everyone that's listening to this that you and your presence would grow more and more in them and in their life every day in Jesus name thanks so much guys for tuning in there'll be another episode next week hit me up
all my guests on the socials if you want to know more but yeah if anything has resonated with you today please pray about it seek the lord about it if you feel like it's something for you for this season um or to incorporate in your life then yeah please do that because intentionality can bring so much expectation of what we think the lord is going to do with us um and in this world and in the season and with the church so it's great to just be getting stuck in and asking him more and more